Before we get into the episode, we want to let you know we are gathering another Attaching to God learning cohort. In it, you will escape your anxious jungles and avoiding deserts of faith and grow into secure attachment with God and with others. This is a one-of-a-kind six-week cohort combining recorded teachings and live cohort calls. So you can get all the details at embodiedfaith.life slash learning dash cohorts or see the show notes for details after the description. Hello. The question for today is, can you turn on joy and what does it matter for your relationships? Can you turn on joy and what does it matter? How do you know when your joy switch is turned off? We're going to talk about how can you turn it back on and then how this joy switch might transform your life. I'm Jeff Holsclaw, and this is the Being With Podcast, a podcast on neuroscience and faith brought to you by Grassroots Christianity, where we seek to grow faith for everyday people. And today, uh, I'm bringing to you Chris Corsi, who has just written a book called "How uh, The Joy Switch, How Your Brain's Secret Circuit Affects Your Relationships and How You Can Activate It Again. Chris, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you. It's good to be here. I'm looking forward to our time. Yeah, absolutely. Chris uh, leads and designs the Thrive Trainings um, that uses creative interactive exercises to train leaders in the 19, I would say, essential uh, brain skills, relational brain skills that produce joyful character and lasting change in our lives. And you can check that out in the show notes. Uh, it's Thrive. What's the website? I didn't Thrivetoday.org. That's what it is. Thrivetoday.org. So Chris, just to jump in, how did you get interested in neuroscience and what does that mean for your life? Like how have things changed because of these things? Oh, man, neuroscience is honestly, it's a game changer. Uh, in 1997, I had a chance to do an internship with a recovery ministry. And I came across a book called Living from the Heart Jesus Gave You. It was actually a manuscript. Uh, it was in a folder. It was, I believe, just about to be published. And one of the authors was a guy by the name of Dr. Jim Wilder. And when I read this book, it it just explained my life and explained those that I was meeting with a, with a history of severe trauma. So I had the chance to meet Dr. Jim Wilder and our paths crossed. And he basically just took this, um, you know, what was revolutionary brain science at the time from a guy by the name of Dr. Alan Shore from UCLA. And when I heard Jim Wilder uh, share this brain science, uh, basically saying that our brain runs best on joy, it, it just resonated with me. I looked back on my life and I could see times where joy levels were high, joy levels were low. And it was those low times where I was really the most vulnerable to addictions and just all kinds of unhelpful behavior. So I basically started diving into the, uh, the deep ocean of brain science from that point on. And I've never looked back. It has just been uh, really revolutionary learning how God designed the brain to work. Mm. Yeah. 
And you've spent quite a while with Thrive, Thrive Today, that, uh, and developed kind of trainings around these relational kind of skills, um, which are different than like spiritual formation skills, but uh, they're related. Could you just say something really quick about that? How does spiritual formation and those practices like Bible reading, Lectio Divina, uh, the examine, fasting, all those types of things, how they might, you know, not always get at the things that we need because we lack some other relational skills. Yeah. So um, one of the things I learned working with Jim was, you know, the first three years of life, your brain has to learn, um, it's supposed to learn a bunch of crucial relational skills, which really help you to be a protector instead of a predator, which helps you recover when things go wrong, all kinds of things. We call them the 19 skills. And um, we started testing, basically training these skills in about 2001. So if I didn't learn these skills in those crucial periods where your brain's developing, um, the good news is we could still learn them later in life. And so I embarked on this journey called Thrive, Thrive Training, where we started to train relational skills to people who either wanted to strengthen or um, really learn new skills if they just weren't there. So it fits really well with spiritual formation because what it does is it, I call it, it helps you to, to be in your relational sweet spot. So there's a relational engine, so to speak, on the right side of your brain. And when this relational engine is working, um, I'm in a very sweet relational place. I feel like interacting. And when this relational engine or this relational circuit is offline, I don't want to interact with people. God feels distant. All kinds of unwanted things happen. So what I found in basically training uh, people in relational skills, they find that they get more out of the disciplines, for example, when they find that they're in the relational sweet spot. So I might have an awareness, uh, more of an awareness of God's peace and God's presence when this relational circuit is on. When the relational circuit is off, um, it just feels like my prayers are bumping on the ceiling and dropping back down. I just feel basically relationally, relationally disconnected from my loved ones, from people, as well as from the God that I love. So uh, people just get more out of the spiritual disciplines when they find that this relational engine is actually online and working. It's, it's kind of like a light switch, Jeff. Mm -hmm. It could be on, and I'm very relational, and I can put myself in your shoes. I can see when I'm overwhelming you. All kinds of these relational things can happen. But if it's offline, I run people over and don't even realize it, or I just don't care. Sure. Well, and, and you guys, uh, along uh, with another co-author, wrote a book called uh, Relational Skills in the Bible. And Sid and I um, took uh, our church that we helped to pastor through that uh, not this fall, but the previous fall. And, th and that was really great. But that's not why we want to zoom in. That's not why we're talking with you today. Although uh, I'll put mm -hmm. this in the show notes, relational skills in the Bible kind of goes yes. through that. And you have extensive trainings that you offer to go through all 19 skills. Yeah. But one of the skills, or rather, it's almost not a skill. It's kind of a skill, but it's also just like mm -hmm. the brute reality is this thing that you call the joy switch. And you just finished writing a book, Joy Switch, how your brain's secret circuit affects your relationships and how you can activate it. So can you just tell us, what is this joy switch? What is that? Is there a little toggle in my head that goes up and down? <laughs> well, you know, joy switch is kind of a word picture I came up with to describe how do we activate this relational circuit or this relational engine. You know, um, some of the newer cars have a push button start. The, the ignition is just you push a button 
and the engine starts. So the joy switch is kind of this ignition button that we have to press in order to activate this relational circuit. So in the book, I just go through some very practical ways. How can we learn to use the joy switch? So for example, if I'm in a bad mood when my my wife and sons come home, uh, maybe you know at the end of the day, if my relational circuit is offline, um, I would use the joy switch to get back online. And in the cars, I or in the book, I call it cars, C A R S, which just stand for connecting, appreciating, resting, and shalom for my body. So those are ways that I can get relational. Um, some people they just want to go for a walk outside. They want to be in nature. They spend time with their pet. Um, it's basically the things that bring some peace to you that help quiet your mind and your body. And this relational circuit um, really is designed to come online when you're expecting joy. So when you're anticipating a joyful response, this relational circuit would come on um, and it goes off when you, you know, something goes wrong. You Maybe you get upset, you're driving down the road, somebody cuts in front of you gives you a special hand gesture and you go from enjoying your drive to all of a sudden your brain focuses on a problem. And at that point, um, your relational circuits off and the joy switch would be maybe taking a deep breath Hmm. or um, remembering something that makes you smile, remembering appreciation um, or even just, just trying to talk to God and calm down. Even though I might not have an awareness of his presence, I could still tell him while, why I am upset And I sure could use some of his peace and maybe even this other driver could have some of his peace. And as I share mine, so to speak, with with God or with the Lord, what happens is that can also help your relational circuit come on. So the joy switch is really the light switch that turns on the light. And in this case, what we're trying to turn on is this relational engine on the right side of your brain that, you know, is very much there to keep you in your sweet spot. But it's also there if you have to solve a problem. So it, your brain basically turns off some of the areas that you just don't need in the moment so that you can solve a problem like a threat. Um, and, and you know, this happens really quickly, Jeff. So we have to learn how do we get back into a relational place or a relational mode mm-hmm. so that we can, you know, our character can shine. We can be more like Jesus and basically just kind of be in our relational sweet spot. All right, so you kind of gave us a couple of the ways to get back into relational mode or turn the switch back on, which I want to circle back to, but could you kind of maybe fill out a little bit more, either personally or just generally? Like what what kind of people do we become when the joy switch is turned off? What are our tendencies? What are our behaviors? How do we view other people? Could you just fill that out a little bit? Yeah, good question. So um, personally for me, the first thing I notice is I lose my peace. So I, my peace just flies out the window and I suddenly feel tense. Maybe I'm anxious. Maybe I'm mad. I feel rigid. Um, And what happens is, you know, whatever I'm upset about is what really dominates my thoughts. So I'm Mm -hmm. focused on the problem. I lose that awareness. Maybe that my wife and sons are in the car when I'm focused on that bad driver who cut me off. Um, You know, sometimes I, I can lose the filter. So things fly out of my mouth. I wish I could kind of hit the backspace on and or white out and, you know, take it back. Um, 
I, I so, like if you're in the car, let's just fill this out because this has happened to me. This has happened to you. This might yeah. be happening to oh, yeah. people that are listening live. Some are listening live and others listening recorded. You're in the car. Someone cuts you off. You're like, ah, maybe you don't even shout or flip them off, but your circuit is flipped off. You become a little irritable yeah. and you forget that you just left for your family vacation. Your whole family's yeah. in your car. Yeah. Now your switch is off. Something like your kids start playing with each other and they're really loud. If your switch was on, you might not be bothered by it. But now that it's off because that driver cut you off, now you're more likely to snap at the kids or tell you know snap at your wife to tell the kids to shut up and why do they always have to be so loud? And then she gets upset and you get upset and all of a sudden the whole car's on the fire on the inside uh, because your relational switch was off. Is is it something like that? Oh, you described it well. I mean, that's it. And and it's really it's not fun for anybody in the car at that moment because. My wife can see that I'm tense. I'm shallow breathing. My sons can just feel it in the air. Yeah, I, I, I snap. I snap at people. I grump. And just little things bother me. You know, you really quickly can become rigid, which is outside. might be outside of your character. You might be a pretty relaxed, easygoing guy. But when that relational circuit goes off, yeah, you're just, you're no longer in that sweet spot. And uh, you're kind of amplifying negativity in some ways. So then you're in the car, you know, the kids were bothering you. So you miss your exit. Uh, if your relational circuit is off, you're more likely to blame your wife or your kids that it's their fault that you missed the exit. Whereas if your relational switch was on, you'd probably just be like, hey, we'll just catch the next one. We'll relocate. You know, we'll just, you know, you take it in stride. Uh, but more often when our circuits are off, then it's uh, sometimes it's called enemy mode or yeah. we, we blame everyone else and we have to protect ourselves. Uh, and it just keeps spiraling from there. Are there other ways that we view other people when our switch is off? That you oh, can... yeah. I mean, when the switch is off, you know, I'm in my most vulnerable state. So the attributes of my character that I normally can override become more prominent when I'm in uh, enemy mode, when the relational circuit is off. So it's very easy um, for resentment, hatred, um the bad stuff to grow when I'm in this vulnerable state of enemy mode. So the people that I might be able to see kind of how God sees them when I look at them and maybe I'll feel, I would feel compassion for them. If my relational circuit is on, Oh, that flies out the window as well, Jeff. Like when I go into enemy mode, um, people become problems that need to be fixed or avoided. It is not pretty when you have people who are stuck in enemy mode and you know, they have a, can have a very distorted reality uh, because all these brain regions or parts that we rely on to update moment by moment, they're on vacation. Like that part of the brain's on the beach in Hawaii somewhere. It's not even present. And so we get stuck in a very rigid place that's just not going to be pretty in any way, shape or form. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. true. All right. Well, we filled that out. Now we've bummed everyone out. How do you turn the relational switch back on? What are and you already covered on my you know the cars mm -hmm. and things like that, but what are yeah. some of the ways that you can say, oh, I've noticed that my switch is off, which is its own kind of like awareness, right? Like yes. how do you so why don't we start there? How do you just start noticing that your switch is off? Yeah, here's where the practice is really helpful. Like in the book, I give 19 exercises because at the end of the day. Uh, you want this to this realization to become a habit so that I can recognize when I fell out of my 
sweet spot when I slipped and I fell into enemy mode. So the first step to really learn is just to recognize, wow, right now I'm holding my breath. I'm mad. I'm thinking negative thoughts and I just, there's no peace. So like the first exercise in the book are all about just recognizing, hey, when are you in your sweet spot? When do you fall out? What does it feel like? So we want to get really good at feeling what is it like in relational mode? What is it like in enemy mode? When I recognize I'm in enemy mode, the goal, now this is the goal, the goal is to get back to relational mode. Sometimes it's hard, right? Because we're really upset. We don't necessarily know how to stop this train. It's just kind of going out of control. So I encourage people to kind of practice discovering what helps you to calm down and quiet when you're really upset. Like some people, they just want to be heard. So it helps to be with someone who might be able to help you feel seen and heard. Like, wow, you are really upset about this guy cutting you off. And that was really bad when he flipped you off. I can see that be upsetting. I can see it on your face, in your voice, like you are mad. So it helps sometimes to be able to basically feel like we're not alone in this. And that's where it helps to have other people that we can interact with. So that's one option. It's just interacting with someone, talking about it, feeling, um, you know, feeling understood. Sure. So then that's kind of like an after the fact practice. So, so yeah. and, and Josh was commenting uh, on Facebook that we really need to build self-awareness to be able to yeah. do this. Like, oh, we just had a big fight. What happened? And you can kind of retroactively fill out the situation. And those things can be hard in the moment. Um, but really, you're doing this to help your future self out. Like if you can process what happened in the past, uh, maybe even the next time you won't be able to notice in the moment yeah. that your joy switches off. But if you can even analyze it after the fact, uh, you'll get closer and then eventually you'll notice in the moment, oh, my joy switches off. Uh, I notice right now that I view you as the problem, that you have screwed it up and um, you know I have to defend and attack and all these types of things. So once you get to that place after building some self-awareness, then what are some of the in the moment practices? Uh, I think this is where cars come in that can help yeah. us um, kind of take a pause and move forward. So what are some of those things? Yeah. So uh, that's where, for example, the appreciation helps. So when what I try and do as a, with my family, if they're in the car with me, I will actually verbalize my process with my sons so they can learn from this. And, and often they'll learn the best from my mistakes. So it's not like we're going to do this well when we first try it. It is going to take practice because your brain is just going to do what it's used to doing, good, bad or ugly. It's, you know, your brain is sure. a learning machine, right? Yep. So I would verbalize to my sons, wow, you guys, did you see that car uh, cut me off? That was frightening, wasn't it? Now I can tell my relational circuit just went off, sons. I'm mad. And I'll, you know, I will describe it. You know, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm seeing. Um, and I'll sanitize in case there's language in my head. I don't want, you know, to say out loud to my sons. I would, I would avoid saying that. But I might say I'm having some really bad thoughts about this driver. And I'll say, now, when I get this mad, here's what helps me. So I'm going to take some real deep breaths right now because your breathing's the first to go. When you get tense, you start shallow breathing. You're no longer breathing deeply. So I would I would take a couple deep breaths and just, you know, breathe from your belly, deep breaths. And then I would think about what is it that helps me um, smile and calm down. So I would think about the things that I enjoy. So I might say to my sons, you know what? What helps me when I'm this upset, my relationship gets off, is to appreciate that you guys are with me. I'm really glad 
that we're going to the park. I look forward to time with you guys. I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're in this together. It's really good to have you guys here. So now I am shifting my attention to what I enjoy, what I appreciate. So thinking about the good stuff, basically, when you think about the good stuff, your brain responds as though you relive the moment all over again. So if I'm thinking about a memory, and remember last week, guys, when this happened, and you remember how, how we were able to get through that, you think about the good stuff, your brain will actually, you know, kind of replay that. And so you feel better when you focus on the good stuff. So appreciation is what we'd call that, just remembering joy. I would do that. And um, I would quiet. So that would be back to the breathing or I would just tell tell my sons, OK, daddy just needs to take a breather for a moment. Let's all just take some deep breaths. I'm not going to talk. I just want to quiet. So the skill of quieting ourselves is also really helpful here. Just giving giving yourself permission to press the pause button. You mm-hmm. quiet. And one of the um, the S just stands for basically what we call Shalom, my body exercises. So these are specific exercises um, that I've learned from Carl Lehman and Jim Wilder, where you can do a couple simple exercises to calm and quiet yourself. One of them is just like yawning. Yawning is actually really good for you. It, we don't think that it is because we learn it's socially, you know, rude or unacceptable. But yawning is actually really good for your your body. So just trying to take some purposeful yawns and maybe you, you know, follow it up with, we follow up with a verse that, that is calming. You could follow it up with something that just is soothing for you, but being purposeful to take some yawns and just try to help quiet your body. And actually can help you get back in your relational um, seat pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But you know, the longer I stay stuck in enemy mode, um, the deeper the rut. It can be hard to get out of that unless I practice it and then notice how does it feel when I get back into relational mode? So what do I notice now? And that's, I would definitely verbalize that with my sons. Like, wow, guys, just taking some deep breaths, thinking about something that makes me smile and being here with you guys really feels good. I'm no longer angry at this driver. Um, I'm I'm feeling some peace. And yeah, my heart's still racing. But, you know, the relational switch is now back online. And even though your body still needs to relax, because you probably got a whole lot of cortisol streaming through your bloodstream for a little bit, um, you are back in your relational place, which you kind of remember who you are and what's important when that relational circuit is back online. And your relational circuit can turn off not just because of something mean that has happened to yeah. someone. It could be turned off because of lack of sleep, you're hungry, you're tired. Uh, it could be turned off because you just, you know, you almost got hit by a car uh, and you jumped out of the sidewalk, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, so there's all sorts of reasons when your fight or flight, yes. freeze kind of survival instincts kick yeah. in. It just sucks your brain you know, all the brain energy down to those mm-hmm. lower kind of capacity things and all the relationships. So it's not always just a negative relationship, although so often it is. Yeah. That's so right. Uh, to kind of uh, bring it up to a layer, we're talking about like our, our relationships with one another, but how would, how does the joy switch being on or off, how does that affect our relationship with God and how we view or interact with God? You know, that is kind of the million dollar question here um, is that this, this, Basically, this circuit plays a pretty crucial role in my ability to notice, perceive, feel God's peace and have a sense of God's presence with me in this. Like um, when you feel alone in something, that's like the worst condition for your brain to process 
pain. Mm -hmm. So the moment you feel alone, those are tough conditions. So what's beautiful about this process and growing in our awareness of God's presence, which I'd consider kind of like a learned skill. Uh, We just need a little practice. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens is when your relational circuit is online, you can learn that skill. So I might believe just from experience that God's mad at me, like just my own personal experience. I might just have the sense that God is angry. And so the moment I think about trying to be close to God, guess what's going to happen, right? That relational circuit's going to go off because it's like, you know, your brain has an opinion about it. So the goal is learn to keep your relational circuit on as you interact, talk with God and and just, you know, Lord Jesus, where are you? I would love to have your peace right here. Because I know in theory, because the Bible says so, it's true, Jesus is with us all the time. But my experience might tell me otherwise. So learning to keep that relational circuit on gives us an opportunity to practice the skill of noticing God's presence, God's peace in a place. Um, And for most people, you know, who've had difficulty with that, my goal is actually just to help them keep their relational circuit on long enough that they could then notice, okay, what is God, what's on God's mind for me? Or what is Jesus doing as I sit here? Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that tends to be actually the steep part of the mountain is just learning to keep the relational circuit on. Once people have that relational circuit online, it's usually not as hard as people feel it might be to have a sense of God's peace and God's presence. And in most cases, that actually is pretty doable once they can keep their relational circuit on. But our relational circuit goes off for lots of reasons, as you said. And that puts me, yeah, it puts me in a pretty tough place to try to figure out where is God's peace and God's presence. Because as long as I'm focusing on what scares me, what hurts me, what annoys me, that relational circuit will want, will want to stay off. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's kind of like that pattern we we see in some of the Psalms where the psalmist is in distress and, you know, it's a bad situation, but in the midst of his distress, he's remembering times of being in God's temple and worshiping God. By the end of it, he's praising God and he just, there's a sense of intimacy there. He still might be in the mess, but something right. shifted and he's now has a sense of God's peace and God's presence even though he might still be in the mess that he's in. That's what I find so just comforting and amazing that, you know, we study this brain science and it speaks about, uh, you know, as you call it, a joy switch uh, and how appreciation and gratitude primes our relational kind of circuits um, and how all over in scripture, it talks about entering God's courts with praise and entering his presence with thanksgiving and how there's joy in the midst of God's presence. And it's just like, well, all this ancient wisdom and truth that the Bible already had is just now being confirmed by the the best ways of being human um, yes. by having these circuits on and all these types of things. So I started off with the question with, can you just turn on joy? And in one sense, no, you need to practice it. You need to cultivate yeah. joy. Yeah. But when you when you cultivate it enough, then in a sense, you can. You can turn the relationship. You can just turn it back on. Uh, and there's... Uh, those practices and ways of entering back into joy. Uh, mm-hmm. And in other places, and maybe we'll have you on, and I know I'm going to talk with uh, Jim Wilder too, mm-hmm. but we also do need to kind of redefine what joy means. So why don't we should have done that at the beginning, but just in two sentences, what for you does joy mean? Yeah. Joy means that we're glad to be together. So joy is different than happiness. You know, happiness can be kind of circumstantial, 
I could be happy because a new movie is coming out. Joy is it's a relational concept. So when I see you, Jeff, your face lights up. When I first see you, I feel my face is smiling. Like that would be joy. It's this, we're glad to be togetherness. Um, the glad to be togetherness is what I would call it. Like that's, that's what we mean by joy. So um, it's authentic. It's genuine. It's not a fake it till I make it thing. It's just literally practicing this habit, this skill, so that your brain um, normalizes joy. So you can expect joy, expect the good stuff, and recover when there's an absence of joy. So joy with practice becomes that habit or that skill so that it could be kind of our new normal, we might say. Mm -hmm. And uh, it even gives us strength to get through some of the hard stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, just a... so please uh, check out Chris's uh, new book, Joy Switch, How Your Brain's Secret Circuit Affects Your Relationships and How You Can Activate It Today. Check out his uh, Thrive Today site. Also, just to plug the book that my wife and I uh, wrote, if you want like a, a high view, biblical yes. theology uh, kind of understanding of joy and how it works uh, throughout the biblical story, check out Does God Really Like Me? Discovering the God Who Wants to Be with us by Sid and Jeff Holesclaw. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you f- so much for being on. And I, I know I'm going to invite you on again, probably not too far from now. Mm-hmm. So please, uh, please say yes again. I will. I will. Thank you, Jeff. It's always good to hang out with you, man. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. This again, this is the being with podcast on neuroscience and faith. And we'll be bringing practitioners, researchers, theologians on the show just to talk about uh, how God has made us and our minds and brains and how it uh, interacts with faith. 